<laughs> well, that, that is our humorous way of just really bringing up this whole idea of laying out the mission of the church, which is one that can only be accomplished with team. Can't do it on our own. It requires all of us together. And I'll just tell you, to even do Sunday mornings, it requires almost 100 volunteers to pull off two services here on Sunday mornings, um, which is one of the reasons why we have been inviting you for the last three weeks to join our team and to be a part of what God is doing here, not just from uh, coming to church and sitting in the seat, but also getting in the game with us. And for some of you, it's your next step spiritually. For some of you, your next step is to jump in and be a part of making things happen here on Sunday mornings. And the easiest way to do that is, um, is to fill out this volunteer card that's in your program. Um, and just mark down here that you'd like to be a part of what a couple of teams will call you and help you figure out where to fit and get you plugged in. Um, but we would love for you to be a part of what happens here. And we ask that you would serve one and attend one and do that every other week. And if you can't do that even once a month would be super helpful, um, not only to the church, but also I believe for some of you to take that next step spiritually and get involved in um, what God is doing uh, here at this church. But here's the interesting thing about that video. Um, that video really isn't just about this place and making Sundays happen that requires a team. Today's title is Not a Membership, But a Movement. And I am excited about what I get to share with you, and I want to pray before we jump into the rest of the day. Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning and for the team of people that show up every Sunday morning to, to uh, transition this school into a church and then back into a school at the end of the day. Lord, I thank you for those who are in the room right now that haven't been on a team uh, helping volunteer and make Sundays happen, but you are kind of moving them and nudging them in their heart to be a part of that and do that, Lord. I thank you um, that you are doing that, and I just pray that you would help them respond and, and get plugged into the perfect place for them to start serving and giving their life away just a little bit. And Lord, I pray in advance for the small groups that are going to be starting up and happening during the Vertical Marriage Series. Lord, I pray that you would just put the right people together so that we can all grow um, to be more like you and grow in health in the most important important relationships in our lives. Um, we love you, God, and thank you for today, and I ask that you would speak to each one of us in your name. Amen. Well, I want to start out by sharing some really exciting news. We have finally gotten our CFO in our 246 facility in Winter Garden. Big deal. Um, it's been about nine months. It's been in construction. Our staff, we moved in this last week. We're starting to make it home, and uh, we haven't decorated it fully yet, but I wanted to just say this. If you want to, come and stop on by and say hi. We are there every day of the week. It's, um, it's at the corner of 50, uh, Highway 50 and Dillard Street, right behind Four Rivers. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're out and about, come on by. We'll give you the five-cent tour, and literally it costs you five cents. We're collecting that. I'm just kidding. Um, and if you're super nice when you're there, Bill Malott actually will buy you Four Rivers for lunch, okay? So um, we'll take care of you there. Um, Edge, our high school ministry, met there this last week um, for the very first meeting we had there, kind of corporately, which was super exciting exciting. If you are in Edge, you're in high school, I want to invite you this week to be a part of their second service they do at the 246 facility. But I'll just tell you this, it's been an amazing few days to have our staff back under one roof. It's been about seven months that we've been kind of operating out of our homes. And um, to be back under one roof, it just was a blast this week, getting to see everybody on a regular basis. Um, and so just want to invite you to come on out and say hi. Uh, we're pretty much open Monday through Friday, and uh, you know, we'll be there, and we'd love to, love to hang out with you for a few. We're going to have an open house in February. Once we get it kind of decorated and ready, we'll invite everybody out. Um, but just want to also say thank you to those of you that gave to our Everyone campaign and 
have made this possible over the last three years. Um, we're finally being able to see some fruit um, through the commitments you made so long ago. Um, but let, let's get down to today. Um, we have spent three weeks trying to debunk what the church is and, and what it isn't uh, supposed to be. Um, we've been looking at the heart of Jesus and what he came to start when he started the church. And I'll just tell you, if you missed any one of those weekends, go back. Uh, you can go to kensingtonorlando.org and watch or listen to any one of the last three weekends. Um, but today is titled, Not a Membership, But a Movement. Um, that Jesus came not to start a membership in a club, but he came to start a movement. When he came to earth and the first church started, its impact was felt around the globe, um, historically speaking, in a very short period of time. Formerly, before, before that, um, following Jesus, you know, kind of went from a small uh, group of Jews and surrounding people groups and has become a worldwide movement um, that is still growing. And I'll just, let me give you a couple of stats to just kind of help us realize how big this movement that Jesus started has become. Over the last hundred years, um, Christianity in Africa has grown from 10% of the population to over 500 million people in Africa now are Christians. And the Pew Research Center um, uh, is estimating by 2030, which is only about 10 years away, by the way, which is crazy, by 2030, 40% of Africa will be Christ-following people, which is incredible. There in China, Christianity has grown at twice the growth of the population, um, meaning that there are more Christians in services on a Sunday morning in China than there are in the United States. That's how fast Christianity is just spreading around the globe. There are 2 billion of the 7.7 billion people on this planet um, that follow Jesus as Christ followers. And you start finding out something about God's movement. God's movement is not just local, it's not just in the U.S., it's actually global. And in many parts of the world, it's growing faster than it is here. It's a movement of Christ followers who aren't members of a club, a member where you kind of focus on the membership and you, 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 you focus on the club and its rituals and rules. Jesus really came to start a movement of Christ followers whom, whose mission was to go into the ends of the earth and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so let me just tell you this. If you have accepted Jesus into your heart and you've had that salvation moment, you're a part of a global movement. You're not a part of just a local movement around here or a national movement in the United States. It really is a, a global movement that's focused on reaching the world for Christ. And I think sometimes we forget that what we're a part of is much, much bigger than, than even our, our country, which we kind of, you know, as Americans, we kind of see our country as the big deal. This, this Jesus movement is a lot bigger. And, and I'll just tell you this, at some point in your walk with God, you will be prompted. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you will be prompted by God to go and do something that he has specifically for you to do, a task or a, a, a movement in your life that he's asked specifically you to do. It could be inviting your neighbor to church here next week that you know loves football and doesn't like church. We want that person in church next week. We go all out. It's going to be a blast of a day, and you're going to hear from some NFL players that love Jesus, and we're going to have some games in here. It's going to be a phenomenal service and then a picnic afterwards. Maybe, maybe that's what God's going to ask you to go and do this week is go invite somebody here. It could be going on a mission trip to Haiti or to Kenya or to Nepal. Paul. It could be um, running in the Disney Marathon next year uh, in 2020, and you have no 
plans of doing that right now, but what if God were to ask you to do that? It could be leaving your secular career and entering into full-time vocational ministry. God might ask you to go and do that. It could be giving away more of your income than you ever thought possible or than you ever wanted to, and God's going to ask you to do that. It could be moving somewhere and starting a new church, and heaven forbid, it could be moving to Africa and becoming a missionary. Like, that's what, that's what people usually say. I don't want to say yes to God to go anywhere. What if he sends me to Africa and he wants me to become a missionary? He might. I don't know. But let me just tell you the heartbeat of the movement of God and what our heartbeat here at Kensington is, is what we call a go pulse. If you were to take our pulse, it's just go, go, go. God is not a stagnant sit on your hands, come and show up and sit in a seat every Sunday. He is a God of action and he calls his people to be people of action. Which gets me to the two most powerful words that Jesus ever said. The two most powerful words Jesus ever spoke to humanity were come and go. Two most powerful words he said were come and go. The first word is Jesus' invitation to come to him and know who he is. It's an invitation to come to Jesus and realize two things about the gospel. And I love this definition of the gospel. It's from Tim Keller. But it's realizing two things, that we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, more loved and accepted by Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. I love that definition of the gospel. We're more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted by Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. The reality of the gospel is because of your sinful nature and my sinful nature, God's love and Jesus' sacrifice, you need a Savior. And Jesus is it. It's the beauty of the gospel. It's coming to the realization that you need a Savior and that Jesus is that savior so jesus gives us the invitation to come to him and in relationship with him it's an invitation to community to salvation um, to, to to an eternity in heaven with god all of that is promised to those who come to jesus and you see it in the scriptures uh, in the first four books of the new testament matthew mark luke and john autobiographies of jesus time here on earth we have uh, you know eyewitness accounts of jesus's life ministry, death, and resurrection, and we see over and over Jesus just calling people to, to come to him. Matthew 4, 18, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew. Throwing a net into the water, they, were fi they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them to come too. And they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind, to which Zebedee said, what the heck, right? He just lost his company. And then in Matthew 11, Jesus widens the net. And he says in verse 28, then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Our God is an invitational God, warmly, lovingly inviting us to come near to him in relationship. For what? For forgiveness, for direction, for confidence, and for salvation. Which gets us to the second most powerful word Jesus uttered to humanity, and that is go. 
is come to me and know who I am and receive salvation and hope and a future and then go. Luke 10. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. Now go and remember that I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. And then in Matthew 28, we get what is known as the Great Commission for all believers. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is for you and to you. Jesus came and told his disciples and you, I have been given all authority in heaven and on the earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was constantly calling men and women to come to him in relationship and build a relationship with him. And then he sent them out into the world constantly. Come to me and experience transformation and then go and tell other people about the gospel that you've heard about that has transformed your life. He was constantly inviting people to be transformed and then he mobilized them to go, which is where our mission statement comes from. Our mission as a church is is to see everyone transformed and mobilized by Jesus. And as you dive into the story of God and man, you realize that that is what he has been doing from the beginning, inviting men and women who are willing to follow him to go into all kinds of risky endeavors, which is why to truly follow Jesus is a risk-filled endeavor. It's a risk-filled adventure. You cannot claim to follow Jesus and pursue a life of risk avoidance. Why? Because God has a go pulse. And he's inviting you to have the same because it's about the movement of the gospel. It's about the gospel going from here to there. God calls us to have a go pulse. It's what, it what, it's what really brought Melissa and I and people that came down with us to start Kensington nine years ago. It's what brought us down here. We wanted to be a part of God's movement in the world. And he said, come here. One of my acquaintances, Alex McManus, he said something years ago to me that, that has always stuck with me. He said this, the gospel of Jesus always finds you on its way to someone else. The gospel of Jesus always finds you on its way to someone else. Meaning, if you're a follower of Jesus, your story of life change is not the end of the story. You're to pass that story on to the next because the gospel finds you on its way to someone else. Your friends, your neighbors, your family, and the people around the community and eventually around the globe. You and I have an opportunity every day to be a part of the movement of God in the world. Every day you can advance the gospel. Every single day, you can be transformed and mobilized by Jesus. As a church, we are always looking for where God is moving and where he wants us to go as a church. We as a church, we want to be a church. Let me tell you what kind of church you're sitting in. We want to have a go pulse that's constantly listening to God and going where he tells us. And so I want to kind of share with you what that looks like. I want to take the next little bit of the service and just share with you the strategy, our strategy as a church for what we're involved in. And I want to also announce to you two new ways for us to be involved in God's movement in the world. Um, And some of these that I'm about to share are for you to jump in and be a part of now. Others are for you to kind of know and celebrate with your resources, that that your resources and efforts are actually going to these movements of God around the globe, um, which I'm excited to kind of announce a new one to you today. But here's our strategy, and and this is important because we don't talk about this a lot. I don't talk about this enough to kind of let you know what's going on and how we're responding to the movement of God in the world. But our strategy, aside from Sunday mornings, has got three parts to it. Um, It's our local partners, it's church planting, and it's global partners. And I want to talk to you about all three of them because if you're a part of our church, you're involved in all three of these, whether you know it or not. And so let's start with our local partners. 
Our first local partner I want to talk about is East Winter Garden. Um, right in our backyard, there's an impoverished um, area in need. And many of you don't know the history of this area, but if you go north of Highway 50 and you go um, east of Dillard Street, there is a pocket of communities in there that is where all of the Orange Grove workers um, lived um, back in the day. And if you were black or Hispanic, you were not allowed across Dillard into Winter Garden. There are people that I met that moved away in the 80s that are African American that moved back in the early early 2000s that never saw Winter Garden growing up, and they lived there for 15, 20 years of their life. So there's abject um, generational poverty that got stuck into that community. When we moved here, we decided we wanted to be a part of doing something about helping that area and doing what God has called us to. So what do we do is we, we fix up homes throughout the year. Um, uh, we fix up homes with elderly people and single moms, and we go and we do painting, and we do cleaning projects, and we help them inside and outside of their house. Um, in March, our student ministries is taking on a project in East Winter Garden. In May, we have an entire, uh, uh, we're doing a church-wide um, uh, work day, kind of a spring serve, where we want to try and get to half a dozen uh, homes into the area and help people. On top of that, we bring, um, uh, we bring food baskets during, Christ, during Easter and, um, and Thanksgiving so that people can actually have full meals with their family. And uh, many of you have adopted. In fact, we brought food to 50 families we adopted this last year and brought food to them so that they could have that um, during the holidays. Um, and so there's events coming up that you need to be a part of, that God is just going, hey, be a part of my movement in the world, because the way I've always heard it is if you take care of somebody's physical needs, you can actually earn the right to speak into their spiritual needs. How do you open that door? You start with the physical needs because that's the thing right in front of their face. They're like, we need to eat. So when you take care of that for somebody, they're open to hearing about the spiritual needs in their lives. And so that's East Winter Garden. The second one is Dillard Elementary School. It's a Title I school in Winter Garden. We support them with back-to-school supplies, toys for Christmas. Um, we gave them a bunch of toys for Christmas so that families could give their kids something that couldn't afford that. Um, next month, there's a women's event that um, uh, our women are going to get together and create and make a breakfast for the teachers of that school and do a teacher's appreciation breakfast in February. Um, and here's the cool part. Teachers Appreciation Day isn't until May. And we just kind of thought, why wait till May? Let's do it now because you know they have a tough job. So you could be a part of that. If you're a woman here, join the women's ministry for an evening of making food and, and then uh, delivering it on the next morning. Um, coming up soon, um, Lift Disability Network is another ministry around the area that we help them. Um, it's a ministry that serves families with people with disabled disabilities in it. And they do a week-long camp every summer that we go and we sponsor a cookout and a campfire night. And we go and volunteer and send, you know, dozens of us go over there and just love on these families who are getting a break for a week from, from the day to day taking care of their, their family member with special needs. Um, and we're regularly looking for ways uh, to support local missions and, uh, and groups in this area that could use the kind of help that the church is supposed to bring. Um, and I'll tell you, for some of you, God is inviting you to serve right here in our community through one of these avenues, and we're always looking for more. So, uh, you know, we're just kind of listening for God to lead us. And so that's kind of our local strategy. But that gets me to our second part of our strategy. And that is church planting. And I don't know if you know this, but do you know that there's over 6,000 churches a year that close its doors for the last time and never reopen them? 6,000 churches a year close in our country. Because of that, there is a massive need for new churches to be starting all the time. If our dream is to see everyone know Jesus, that means we need all kinds of churches for all kinds of people. 
So we're always looking for ways to help churches get started. Three years ago, we helped a church plant um, up in UCF with John Evans get started. And I want to announce to you today our second church plant that we're going to be supporting since we started this church. Um, This year, we're going to be helping a church um, get planted in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, It's called the Nashville Project. They're launching in the fall of this year. And we've gotten connected to them through Chris Sears, who is our our lighting and tech guy. Um, Chris has actually been feeling God nudge him and his wife to go and join and start this church in Nashville. Um, Part of it is God has really placed a calling on his life, and the other part of it is his best friend starting, and he's coming after him like crazy. Um, So I'm just like, hey, man, look, if God's in this, you need to go. And I'll just tell you, as I read through their strategy and their plan for this fall, I I learned a few things. Um, One of the fastest-growing cities in our country for millennials is Nashville right now. They're moving there in droves more than any other place in the country. And the group of people that are leaving the church the fastest right now are millennials. And what's really cool is that Chris and this guy, his buddy, Brandon Jacobs, they feel called by God to go start something, to lead a movement that's going to reach this people group, uh, this generation that's on their way out of the church and draw them back into relationship with Jesus, which is twofold for us. As a staff, we're really sad because that means that that Chris is going to be moving to Nashville and helping start this new church, but we're excited at the same time because why? He's living out what we say matters, is that when God says go, you go. So we're thrilled. On the one hand, we're like, crap. And on the other hand, we're like, yay, God, right? It's like that's kind of how we feel. And what's cool is we get to be a part of helping them get launched. And let me just tell you, we're going to be sending Chris with a very nice care package of equipment and, uh, and, and tech gear to help them get started. You see, when we moved into this new space, we had a lot of equipment that we needed over in the gym. And what ended up happening is since October when we moved here, it's been sitting in a trailer um, because we don't need it anymore. Um, and we just, we're going to sell it off and use the money to invest back into some projects around here. And then once we heard what was going on with Chris, we're like, why not take um, the stuff that helped us get started and get launched off the ground and send Chris with thousands of dollars of equipment to help this new church plant get started this September. And so we're going to be sending him away with um, a a bunch of uh, thousands of dollars worth of gear to be a part of what God is doing in Nashville. And so I'm excited to let you know, we're helping launch a church in Nashville, Tennessee this year. And uh, Chris is going to be a part of their, their launch team. And here is kind of the God moment in the service. And this is where you really have to kind of check your heart and what God is doing in it. Um, And that is this. If you have ever wanted to move to to Nashville or you dreamed of moving to Nashville, I want to ask you to pray about going with them and starting this church. I want you to go to God open-handedly and go, God, at one point in my life or some point in my life, I feel like you wanted us to be there or you feel like we wanted to move there. Is this our opportunity to go and be a part of your movement in the world? And then I'll just tell you, if he nudges you, you go. And we will say the same thing that we said for Chris. Crap. And yay. So you have our local partners. You have church planning where we just want to be a part of new churches starting up wherever God starts them and however he connects us with them. And now I want to spend a few minutes talking about how we are a part of the movement of God on a, on a global scale. And I want to announce to you our third global partner. 
Um, our, our, the first global partner I want to talk with you about is Haiti. We are partnered with Haiti, mainly through feeding children everywhere. We partner with feeding children everywhere, and we pack meals once a year. Um, it happened last weekend. We've got a picture to show you. Um, last weekend, we ended up packing um, 60,000 meals that were sent to children over in Haiti. Um, and, uh, and I'll just tell you, it took us about three, three hours or so, and my hope is next year we can add to that. And my hope is that at some point we get to six figures worth of meals and maybe even seven figures some year. And here's the coolest part about our, our connection with Haiti through feeding children everywhere. Um, it didn't start with us. It, it was actually Scott and Heather Seward. Scott's one of our elders. They just had a go pulse in them to do something about starving children around the world, partnered with feeding children everywhere. And they said, hey, we're doing this thing. And if you want to, you can be a part of it with us. And we're like, we're in. And so we have joined them the last few years. But here's what's cool about that. God sparked something in them that then they, we got sucked into what God was doing in them so that it's now something that we're doing and we want to be a part of. And that's the way that the kingdom grows. And so we have a global partner in Haiti through Feeding Children Everywhere and Mission of Hope is another organization on the ground there that we partner with. A second um, partner that we have is, is in Kenya through Hope Water International. Um, we have a dream of getting clean water to all 1.2 million Pokot uh, tribe in the Pokot region of Kenya. We do that through running marathons and raising support. And you just need to know every clean water well we put in in Kenya, because of how deep the water table is, costs twenty to $25,000 to put one well in. And through just... Orlando, our, our church here in Orlando, over the last five years, we have raised enough from people running in the Disney half and full to put in 25 wells, which is incredible. And here's what you need to know. That's close to 50,000 people that have clean water because of you guys, because every well that's put in, close to 2,000 people have clean water, and they go from a nomadic lifestyle to actually having enough clean water to stay in one place. And what happens when we put a well in, the organization we put wells in through, they actually send a pastor to that well, and a church starts. And when that happens, the government sends in a school, and children start getting educated, all starting from you crazy people that are willing to run 13 or 26 miles and raise support, meaning this, some of you in this room will be running in a Disney half or full in 2020, and you have no plan of doing it right now, but God's going to tap you on the shoulder, and you're going to run. Why? Because of this global partner that God has called us to, to help get water schools and, and, and churches into an area that is an unreached people group that, that, that travel miles for, for water. That's going to be you. You're going to be doing that. And I'm excited that we get to partner with them. Um, now, before I, um, I, I, I uh, get to the third one, I wanna we want to receive our offering. So, ushers, if you guys can come on down. Um, and let me just say this to you. If you're uh, visiting our church for the first time or second time, um, just let the basket go by. And, uh, and for those of you, because uh, we're not interested in your money, let me just say that. We're just thankful that you're here. Um, for those of you that call Kensington home, this is where you give back to God from what he's blessed you with. And you just need to know, if you give here, your money goes to everything I've been talking about. There's a portion of what you give that goes to all of these, uh, th these partners of ours that help locally, around the nation, and around the globe. And so thank you for those of you that are investing in what God's doing, not only here, but there as well. And why we're doing that, I want to unveil our third global partner um, that we are uh, kind of just taking on our shoulders from this church. Um, and that, the elders just approved it, and that is Nepal. 
Um, and you might not know much about Nepal, but there is an organization that we're partnering with in Nepal that focuses on rescuing young girls from sex trafficking. Um, and let me just say, this part of the service for the next eight to ten minutes, um, if you have a young child with you and you're not, uh, you know, it's not the right time for you to talk with them about this particular topic, you might want to head out into the lobby and grab a donut and coffee for the next ten minutes or so, because I got a video I want to show you as well um, that just brings this up. Every day, young girls are brought across the border from Nepal into India. Um, and what's really cool about this organization is they stand at the border and they try and rescue these girls. And so I want to share with you a video um, that really tells the story of one young woman um, who was involved in that and got rescued. And I want you to see what she's doing now. And you will get through this video why we are partnering with this organization um, because not only is her story going to break your heart, it's going to also um, get you excited that we're going to actually be a part of doing something about what they're doing halfway across the world. So over the next few minutes, um, let's listen to Kavita tell her story. And the ministry that's going on in Nepal is unbelievable. Um, I talked with uh, our contacts with Daughters International, our Daughters International, and these are some of what they're doing in 2018. Um, they interviewed 15 to 16,000 girls at the border, and a thousand of them they were able to save from being trafficked in just one year. They have seven border stations now. Their dream is to have 13. We want to help them get to that 13 border stations. Um, the girls that they rescue, they help them start businesses so they can support themselves. And on top of that, and this is what blew me away over the last. Um, few years, over um, 850 of the girls that they've rescued have gone back to the villages they came from and started churches because they want everyone to know Jesus. And these are girls that are going back sometimes to the families that sold them into it to go back and reach them. It's a powerful, powerful ministry because not only are these girls being rescued, but they're meeting Jesus. And Jesus is radically transforming them and doing what? telling them to go, go and save others, which is the same thing he asks you and I to do, come close to him and go wherever he tells you to go. And I'll just tell you, it's really cool. Our very own um, Lynn Colasanti here um, is going to be going next month to Nepal, and she's going to be helping a group of women put on a, um, uh, uh, a retreat for the women who man the border stations and just kind of pour back into them because they're always pouring out their lives. And so why, why share all the stuff that we're involved in is because God has called us to be a part of his movement in the world. God doesn't want us to be a club in Central Florida that's full of members. He wants us to be a part of his movement that is literally seeing people transformed and mobilized to go out into the world and tell people about who he is. And that's what we want to be about. And this is just kind of the way that we go about doing it that I want you to know about. Because if you're a part of us, you're a part of every one of these things that I just talked about. Let me pray for us. Um, Jesus, I thank you so much that you have called us to live with a go pulse in our hearts, just like you have. God, I thank you that you're a God of movement and you're a God of mission. And Lord, I pray for every single one of us in the room right this moment, Lord, you have something that you want to place inside of us that, that, that will drive us to be a part of your movement somewhere in, the, in, in our neighborhood, in our local community, in our nation, in the world, Lord. You want to put that in every single one of us, God. And I just pray that as you do, as we follow you and we respond and we come close to you and you ask us to go, Lord, I pray that 
that you would give us the courage and the strength to just do whatever it is that you ask because that is how the gospel is moved forward and that is what you've called us to be not only as a church but as individuals in the church you've called us to be that and so lord i pray that we would be um, a church that's on the go all the time not only reaching people here for you but reaching people around the globe for you through the ministries and people that you bring across our paths that you want us to go to and work with God, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that we get to be a part of your movement. And I thank you for what you're going to do this year. It's going to be a great year for our church, and I'm just grateful to be a part of it. In your holy name, amen.